So today we're talking to Yuho. Hi, Yuho. Hello. And Yuho is a software engineer at Metosyn, and uh, Metosyn actually produces a lot of great open source stuff, so you can check this out. Uh, and today we're going to focus on Reagent. Uh, so maybe before we jump to Reagent, Yuho, like how is, what is your background in terms of Clojure, Clojure script development? Yeah, so I started at Metosyn like uh, a bit over six years ago in 2013. And uh, I've been developing in Closer from the start. And uh, around 2014, we started uh, writing all the front-end code on Closer Script. So I've been doing Closer Script development for about five years now. Um, at, at the beginning, we used uh, OM by David, uh, but uh, pretty mm-hmm. quickly we moved to Reagent. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so we, we've been using Reagent like nearly from the start. It was uh, Dan Holmes and started Reagent somewhere around 2013, I think. Don't mm-hmm. remember the exact month, but... And how did you start with Reagent? Like, how did you become the core contributor? Yeah, mm, so back to some, some other stuff I did around... Uh, Around 2014, December or January, I, I, for example, started this uh, CLES JS project with Martin Klebs, and uh, I also uh, maintained some uh, several other projects like uh, Closer Script Tooling for Boot Build Tool. Mm-hmm. I had also been um, contributing some patches to Closer Script Compiler, mostly related to JavaScript module support, so related mm-hmm. to CLES JS also. The original developer of uh, Reagent, uh, Dan Holmson uh, uh, was developing a Reagent kind of like on and off until 2016, late 2016. And uh, at some point, he just pretty much stopped the development. And uh, I think uh, Dimitri Sotnikov, so Yoktos, had mm-hmm. uh, GitHub admins to Reagent project at that time because he was maintaining, maintaining this Reagent template project, and um, I don't remember exactly what what happened, but uh, I guess I I opened some pull requests at Reagent repository, Mm -hmm. uh, contributing some patches, and we probably talked a bit, and uh, then he made me admin at the GitHub repository. (laughs) All right. It kind of just happened accidentally. Mm. But that's but right. there just wasn't any any real maintainer for reagent. Well, let's maybe just try to dive in. What is reagent for people that not, don't know what is it? Um, how would we describe this? It is a closer script interface to React JS. That's the very short <laughs> description. Right. Mm. Right. So when we use reagent, we would use like a hiccup style uh, a markup for HTML, right? So we don't have to deal with GSX. Yeah. Well, Hiccup is, is a markup language using closer data structures to describe the DOM markup. So you mm-hmm. use vectors, keywords, uh, maps to describe, um, like vector describes a element, uh, keywords says which element it is. You have the first element is usually maps of the element properties, and then you have just mm-hmm. rest of the elements are the children of the element. Mm. Right. Reagent doesn't really use, it's not like exactly the same as uh, Closer Hiccup library uses. It has some extensions. Mm-hmm. 
but it's hiccup style. So is there any difference how actually uh, re reagent works versus react? Yeah, there's this bit. Uh, so obviously JSX is compiled um, compiled to JavaScript calls uh, during the compilation time because JSX isn't really JavaScript and browsers wouldn't know what to do with that. That's that's good for performance, but uh, because reagent has uh, emphasis on, on very simple API and uh, that means that uh, we don't want to use any macros in reagent. So everything has to happen runtime. So reagent uh, transforms those hic that hiccup style markup to React element calls runtime, unlike React.js and some other closure script React libraries. Mm -hmm. um, that has some performance uh, effect, uh, <laughs> effect on performance, but uh, it's it not that much for like general use cases. So usually the performance is, is all right, even though this markup is, is compiled to React elements runtime. Um, and there are also some libraries that uh, allows one to use macros to do this hiccup to React transformation on macro compilation time. So users could can use those if they have some very performance limited uh, component or use case. So Reagent allows that. So we talked about hiccup. Are there any other important elements to understand when you work with Reagent? Yeah, so uh, historically React doesn't didn't really have much uh, ways on how, how you would uh, manage the app application state. So you would, with React, say as you would use uh, some other libraries like Redux or something. But, uh, well, obviously nowadays they have these uh, state hooks and other, other new features they, they just added this year. Uh, but Reagent has, from the start, had these uh, reactive items, which you can use to manage your application and component state. So how does that work? So as, as the name says, they are similar to closer atoms, but the mm -hmm. reactivity uh, part means that uh, when you use them in your components or other, other reacts, uh, reactions, uh, they keep track of the dependent components or other dependent reactions. And uh, if value in one reactive atom changes, uh, it will notify all the dependent components and reactions. And then those components or other reactions will also update themselves. So actually reagent from the high level point of view, what you described has the hiccup and the reagent atom. So it looks pretty simple. So I guess if you understand those two things, you should be good to develop uh, applications with reagent. Are there any, uh, I don't know, things that you would like any tips and tricks or pitfalls that people fall into when they use reagent? Yeah, I, I think so. So, um, yeah, as you said, if if you understand the, these two parts, you are pretty good go to go with developing reagent apps. Uh, so reagent has quite many of these different uh, reactive uh, atom or reaction types. So we have the reactive atom itself. It keeps it has a state, and uh, 
follows the value of that state, similar to Atom. Then we have this uh, reactive cursor, cursor um, mm-hmm. which uh, depends on another reactive atom and has a path to uh, like uh, some deep, deeper uh, value inside that first atom. Like if, if the original atom has some vectors and uh, maps, this cursor can point to one value inside those maps using this uh, similar to get in or assert in or update in. And this cursor is, uh, you can both read and write from that cursor. And uh, it's it's cool, cool feature, but um, it can also lead to some, some uh, hard to debug problems. And So, uh, I mean, sometimes when you also work with reagent, there are some things that you find out during development. So I remember developing an application where I had a cursor inside the input uh, after I typed in like a letter inside a string, the cursor will go all the way to the end. Uh, what's my What's the main reason behind that? So the input was a control to create React element. So which means mm-hmm. that every time you change the value, it will update the DOM element. And then you do on, on change, you update the state. Well, it you should usually work. <laughs> Right. Was was when you used it? Was it like just uh, HTML input, or were you using like Material UI or or some component? Like I was that? using so that was Smooth UI. So it was Smooth UI, and this was uh, styled components. Yeah. So that's probably the problem because um, React JS itself usually uses uh, synchronous rendering. Mm-hmm. Like right away, you make a change in uh, your application state or whatever state, the components will. Uh, render instantly and update the DOM right away. But mm-hmm. Reagent, in fact, uses this asynchronous rendering using this uh, browser request animation frame API. Mm-hmm. So when you change some atoms, like you could change, you could have like your application state in 10 different atoms. And during one animation frame, like 16 milliseconds, you might change five of those atoms. But right away after you change the first atom, reagent won't re- render and update the DOM until the browser will uh, draw the next animation frame. At that point, reagent checks which atoms have changed and which components to update. So this gives some performance advantage because you don't have to update DOM. If, if you like have an input and you press one key and second key and third key, you might not have to update DOM three times, but only one time after all those three changes, because that's the only point at when user will, will see the change in the uh, output after when the browser is drawing the frame. And uh, But the side effect of this is that because the updates, uh, when you update the application state on like input on change event handler, the change doesn't happen instantly, initially, but sometimes, sometime later, and uh, this means that like uh, the normally the controlled input elements don't don't work that well. Browser has like browser has built in logic that if you update the DOM element value inside uh, the on change event handler, it will mm-hmm. know how to uh, 
position to keep the cursor position intact. Like if mm-hmm. you update the input value and append some values, it will keep your cursor in the correct position. But because the uh, input element value update happens sometimes later, it, it's not inside the on-chain handler anymore. The browser logic to keep the cursor in place doesn't work. So to fix this, Reagent implements uh, its own logic to keep keep the cursor place uh, for input elements. It's mm-hmm. one of the more, more uh, scary parts of Reagent code, I would say. It has some comments about uh, <laughs> don't try to fix this if you don't know what you are doing because, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we have to do that but i think like react has uh, made some progress in in enabling this async rendering and they will have the same exact problems in react js also if if they start using this uh, so back to the <laughs> what you the problem you had so this uh, this workaround reagent has for these input elements it only works if the React input element is created from uh, this reagent hiccup markup. Like you have a vector with input keyword. Like normally you that would create React element input, but instead, if you, when reagent sees this uh, input keyword in in a hiccup syntax, it will instead create a reagent component with this custom handling for cursor it has some local state and it will change how the input DOM value is is changed and it will change the on-change event handler to manage this and several other things but so if you have a if you are using a javascript library like material UI or, or what was that what was the library you was using Oh, I was just, this is yeah. just implementation of uh, yeah. style components. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that also, it will create the input element, at least by default, it will just create React.js input element without these uh, reagent workarounds. For Material UI, the new version, you can fix this uh, by providing the Material UI text field a custom uh, option which will tell uh, Material UI how to create the input element. And if you provide Material UI with a function that will use reagent to create this uh, input element, then, then reagent workaround will be used with Material UI. And that, that is the fix for Material UI at least. Right. And this was also one of the problems I had in one of the courses I created for Reframe. And uh, everything was also fixed and in the end with your help. Uh, so that was a big thank you here from my side. Um, so you mentioned actually the API or the code, the maintenance, and you said there are some scary parts uh, in the reagent uh, code base. So how does this look like? Where, how, how's the API uh, for reagent? Yeah, so yeah. As I said earlier, like reagent has uh, emphasis, emphasis on being sem- simple to use, but mm-hmm. um, in in some parts it means that the implementation is not always that simple. 
So as we as we talk, like reagent has these two parts, uh, passing the hiccup style markup to reagent element, react elements and reactive atoms. So for example, this uh, passing this hiccup style is uh, in itself it should be quite simple. You just you just have some vectors and keywords inside them and so on. Mm-hmm. But reagent has some uh, shortcuts. On, for example, um, if you want to create a DOM element with some classes or and with ID, you can uh, append the keyword with uh, dot and class names, for example, and uh, reagent has to pass those uh, and uh, pass those class names to React elements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it also has to merge these class names if you have like DOM element with uh, class names on the keyword, and then there will might be other class names on the property map. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right. property map, in fact, could also the class names, instead of having uh, one string of uh, class names, like you would normally have, the class names property might contain a vector of uh, class names. And... Uh, I think we allow like uh, sequential collections on this class names property, mm-hmm. but reagent has to merge all these class names from all other all uh, all of these sources together and do this runtime. So it has to make some effort to keep the performance okay at least. I have currently not not that much idea what what is the performance of reagent, but uh, okay. well, maybe a few thoughts words about this uh, transformation. Uh, this also like includes uh, transformation of the, all the property names from uh, this. Uh, what's the naming uh, naming convention reagent uses? Like, uh, is it snake case, small letters with uh, dashes between words right. like on chains? On that chains, uh, but React.js inside uses um, camel case, so reagent has to convert all these property names to React.js casing, mm-hmm. better casing. Yeah. Right. So how do you how do you make sure that like this is this is all working? What are the tests here? Like how do you make sure everything is going forward? Uh, let's say not breakable. Yeah. So. Obviously, React uh, Reagent has uh, uh, a test test suite. Uh, it I think I'm I don't think I have like a test coverage report currently set up. But uh, at least when I am I'm developing new features or fixing something, I will always first check that I have a test for anything that I am changing or adding or fixing and um, at this point after after many, many years I think we have quite quite extensive test suite and additionally those tests are run against the browser and both browser and node environment so um, I guess I did, well it wasn't talked yet but the uh, reagent can also be in addition to running it on browser you can run it on node.js for if you want to do like server-side rendering or just testing your components mm-hmm. 
so uh, let's let's go there. What yeah. would you have to do if you want to do server side rendering with Reagent? Yeah, so uh, Reagent uh, is written in Closure script, so you can't run it on on Closure on JVM. So you would need uh, to run it in some JavaScript environment like Node.js or or whatever is embedded in in Java nowadays. Uh, and uh, Reagent doesn't currently really have uh, like uh, any tooling to help with this. But pretty much you just um, take your normal Reagent components you have, the same as you use in web, and then you call this... Uh, React has this uh, render React server implementation, which is separate from, from this uh, React DOM, which will take the, your component tree and put it, uh, update the DOM element uh, DOM with your component tree, and that is React server version instead just uh, returns you a string of of the markup described by your component tree. And the reagent has a separate namespace for this uh, reagent. Is it DOM server maybe? <laughs> some, some, some namespace with ser- server on the name. And it contains function like uh, render as a string, I think. And you just give your component, like main, main component to this function and it will return you the uh, string. You will just have to use yourself build a some kind of tool to probably like uh, replace your navigation. So if you want to like build a static page for all your uh, static HTML file for all your pages or something like that, you will have to implement that yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have a look how that could be done, you can look at the Reagent home site. Uh, it is uh, also maintained in Reagent repository, and uh, that has some examples on how this can be done. I, I wouldn't say it's maybe the best example, but well, okay, it's 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 best example in a sense that it's the only one I know about. <laughs> but uh, and uh, React is like releasing the versions one after the other, and of course, it's not like we also need need to always keep up to everything what's there. Uh, so how does it look like behind the scenes? Yeah, so mostly like few of these recent uh, releases have uh, been about refactoring some code on reagent. Like on 1.8, I mostly worked on how how the React JS is uh, imported from the reagent, and uh, it was also related to some uh, changes in ClosureScript compiler at, at the time. And uh, so originally Reagent uh, used uh, React from these uh, JLES.js packets I, I was maintaining. And it still is the default. But uh, previously, if you wanted to use Reagent with some other way of uh, importing React.js, like with Shadow CLES or using Webpack to build your own JavaScript package bundle, which I think is the official recommended way nowadays. Mm-hmm. So Reagent doesn't didn't make that very easy because the namespaces in Reagent code were requiring this JLES JS dot 
React uh, foreign library name. And uh, so in 1.8, I switched to requiring this uh, just React name, which matches the node package name and uh, with uh, improvement it, improvements in closure script compiler. The CLS, JS, uh, React package can nowadays provide this uh, same name as the node package. And it will also allow one to the library or the code using React to use uh, the normal stuff you use in require forms, like input this namespace as, as this uh, name and refer these variables. So now reagent can, uh, they require forms are like uh, import react as react or from react refer render. And uh, this this allows uh, using reagent in all these different environments, no matter how the react JS is, is uh, imported to the project. So it makes it easier to use in all all the environments. Um, yeah, all, all the releases probably also include some bug fixes and uh, sure. similar stuff. Uh, yeah, so the release cycle is, is quite slow at, at times. I think the biggest part of 0.9 release is that, uh, well, this is kind of also related to closer script compiler development. So at, at some point, closer script compiler got this feature of uh, validating your uh, some function uses. So historically, many many users use this a get and a set, which stand for array get and array set functions to mm-hmm. access uh, JavaScript objects in closure script code. And uh, like everything in reagent that uh, accessed or set properties in JavaScript objects with React, React uh, in the op and everything, uh, was using these a get and a set functions to read and modify, modify those objects. Uh, uh, these were used so because um, if you use these, uh, the JavaScript in the op forms in uh, closure script code, those are compiled to such JavaScript that uh, Google Closure Compiler might uh, rename all those names. And uh, the difference with these array get and array set functions is that they will emit uh, such code that the property name is a string on the JavaScript, emitted JavaScript code. And Google Closure won't rename these property names. Right. So in, in this case, it was for some cases in Reagent, it was important that the names are not renamed because they are referring to uh, something inside React.js, for example. And, and uh, if, if React.js is loaded as a foreign library, for example, from CLS.js packets, the React code won't be optimized by, by Google Closer. So it's important that the names you are, the uh, reagent uses to refer to those React.js objects keep the same, uh, stay the same. Um, Using these array functions to access those objects, it's not proper way. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been... So what's the in, change? Yeah, so in this uh, this release, I've changed some of them to cook object calls, like object get and object set, which is a mm-hmm. function in, in Google Clo- Closure Library. 
which is um, meant for this kind of work. For example, if if I um, this is you this is these are used in cases where the property name is dynamic, like I have a JS object that is used as a cache for keeping this uh, property name transformations uh, stored. So if I if reagent finds this like on chains uh, property name once and does the transformation to react JS name it will store the result in a JS object so it can in in future it will just get the transformed name from this CAC uh, object so the name property name is is dynamic here so it you are using just a string as a object key. Mm-hmm. So these are ob- obvious cases for using these uh, object get and set functions. Um, and in some other cases where uh, the code is just uh, accessing or modifying a property from some React uh, object like a component or something, uh, the fix was to just use this uh, closer script JS in the op forms like uh, dot function name or dot dash uh, property name, mm-hmm. and then just making sure that uh, for the foreign library use with JLS.js, that the extern file uh, contains all these uh, names that I used so that the names in reagent code won't be renamed by Google Closure. And uh, the one thing that I'm, I'm still working on, making sure that this version all, all on, all, on the all environments is that... Um, other build tools like uh, Shadow's ALES or I think if you're using Webpack with, uh, to create the JS bundle for your application, they don't load the extern files usually and they don't use this JLS.js package where the extern file is. And uh, right. they pretty much uh, depend on ClosureScript extern's inference to mm-hmm. know which names to keep keep. Uh, as is and not rename those. So I've, I've had to add these uh, type hints like say, uh, to many functions in Reagent saying that uh, this this is a JavaScript o- object from React.js and with those type hints the compiler knows that because this is a JavaScript object and you are accessing this method in the JavaScript object uh, this uh, method name or property name has to be kept unchanged. And uh, yeah. So this sounds like a pretty substantial change. I mean, is this only you working yeah. on this or there are more people in the community? Um, it's, it's pretty much only me. <laughs> okay. So in theory, we well, have I guess... like a team of maintainers, like several people have access to the repository, but... I think like not that many other people have worked on reason mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, I guess I guess it might be also difficult apart from you also doing your own work for your company and then also working on this. So how does that work? It it works uh, nice um, because well or because <laughs> how this is how I'm doing it. It it's kind of slow to develop reason, but. Uh, also, I think it's it. That's not really a problem because there has to be time to test these changes in reagent, and uh, I can. Um, so, I am mostly working on re- maintaining reagent on work time. 
so i i can take like uh, like for all, all non uh, non uh, built out uh, stuff i i have like at least 10 percent of my work time i can use however how, however i want so some of that time i'm working on reagent and um, some sometimes uh, if i have a thing in in a customer project that would somehow be made easier or require something in in reagent i can also work on reagent uh, on customer time like for example like uh, recently i've been working on a react native uh, project and uh, i think uh, at some point like these changes in 0.8 related to this module how to how to react say yes is is important important to reagent and some of those changes helped um, using reagent in in react native projects so i i've done a few of those changes on, on customer time so maybe a question are there any areas that you might be looking for help that people who are listening they might consider helping you on any part of free agent well definitely like the docs are one of the <laughs> places where i'm i'm uh, well i'm i'm occasionally improving those if if i get asked a question or something i i try to check if the question is is uh, somewhere answered on the docs and if not i will try to improve them but otherwise i'm not that much uh, working on the documentation so maybe that that would be helpful place but uh, i'm not sure how how easy it is to like uh, at least make make big improvements to the docs if if uh, it, it it also requires some kind of knowledge of reagent I actually think that the docs are pretty good. Yeah, and, uh, uh, they, so. they've improved like during like last two or three years quite a bit. There was uh, mm-hmm. several people who contributed several pages to the docs, and right. that, that really so there are the docs. Right, there are the docs. There is also the examples repository with different examples for different implementations, which is always very helpful. Yeah, uh, some of those like examples are really old. Um, the simple ones are pretty much the originals from like five years ago, so I have no idea if, if those work. Probably, probably they work, but uh, and recent hasn't really like changed that much in in right. the API or anything. So there's good chance they are still useful. Uh, the few new examples I, I've added are like, for example, like JavaScript in the op with uh, Material UI, or I think. Um, did I add some something some other examples? There are some. I have also examples in some other repositories. I should maybe add here. So we have this in the op, op, uh, interoperability like example for React sortable higher order component, which is so that and Material UI example probably mm-hmm. give a quite good example using. Uh, React.js JavaScript libraries with reagent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk maybe briefly about the uh, interop between reagent and React. Yeah. Uh, so normally when you would like to use React components, you would use this uh, syntax, which would be double colon and greater than sign. And then you just pass your React name. Um, what are the other things 
someone need to consider to use Re- React from Reagent? Yeah, so that that is like the shortcut on on using uh, React JS components inside Reagent hiccup mm-hmm. markup. Um, the difference between uh, that uh, colon and uh, created and sign and and using reagent components is that um, whenever reagent is a uh, like reagent component like i mean uh, the component name is the first element in the vector it will mm-hmm. create additional react component uh, to hold the like life cycle state for that reagent component and keep track of what reactive atoms it is uh, using and, uh, and implementation things like that but um, that doesn't work if you are trying to use like react js component directly and that's why this colon created and thing exists it's not like uh, that's that's the shortcut on using react js components the other thing would be to call this uh, adapt react component call mm-hmm. and um, that will return a reagent component that wraps this React.js component. Or it, well, I don't remember the exact implementation, but it will return a function that works like reagent component. So you could use this adapt React component, give it a... The, for example, material UI text field component, and you would probably uh, def it somewhere like def text field is this adapt react componenting, mm-hmm. and then you would use the resulting function uh, similar to what what you use how you use reagent components, uh, and this uh, this uh, colon created and and this adapt react component they work the same. They have a bunch of uh, logic on how to detect what kind of properties you are passing to the component. Mm-hmm. Because uh, React.js ha- is, is quite a bit more uh, strict on, on what, what are the parameters to a component. The first, first parameter is always the properties map and rest are the children of the component. But Reagent doesn't have these same conventions so if you use a, when you are working with a reagent hiccup style markup, you are, it's, it's optional to pass in the properties map as the second element of the form. And uh, this uh, adapt react component and the shortcut syntax have to, for example, check if the, uh, well, in this case, the third or second form on the uh, vector is is a something that looks like a properties map, properties object, if it's a top, uh, closer script map, pretty much, I think. And if it is, pass it onto the React component as property maps. If you don't have properties map, just pass, pass nil into the React component. And uh, for this uh, properties map, Reagent will... Uh, do all the same properties, uh, property name uh, changes like formatting the names to use these different 
naming conventions uh, like camel case. So similar to what, what it does for React elements, uh, mm-hmm. mostly, in, except in few cases, because for uh, built-in React elements like DOM elements, there are few cases where the property name is completely different between React markup and React JS, like class names, uh, like in uh, in reagent, we define classes as as it's a keyword class, but inside React JS it is uh, class names. So there's there's like in addition to changing the from snake case to camel case, it, it in few cases it completely changes the property name. But um, for this, uh, if you are using custom React JS components, we don't want to then, then do these transformations. So the transformation is, is a bit different between React JS elements and components. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> interesting, right, so. interesting piece of the <laughs> implementation. Right. Um, right, right, right. So you need to dive in sometimes to really understand yeah. like what's going on. And if someone would have any uh, issues or anything like this, what's the best place to reach out? So if you have like real issue with uh, like, you know, there's a bug or something, uh, obviously GitHub issues uh, is, is for place for like problems and development talk and uh, kind of maybe like feature requests. So I don't know if we like want any new features that much, uh, but uh, yeah, GitHub for issues and, and other stuff like that. Uh, there are several good places to ask for help, like uh, the Glorian Slack channel, uh, or Slack community and, and reagent channel inside that. I, I occasionally read that and answer some things, but there's plenty of uh, people active there uh, answering answering questions. So I think there's good chance you, find, you can find some help there. Um, yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's also this good reagent and caused by, course done by this guy. So you might want to check that <laughs> <Right>. out also. <laughs> Thank you for the shout out. <laughs> so what's next for reagent? I have like also some performance improvements are maybe coming. In fact, these are, these are like contributed by... <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but it was one of these guys that has been working on alternative uh, React.js wrappers for closest script. Mm-hmm. And uh, while implementing that, he found several places where can, we can, for example, improve uh, performance of uh, passing hiccup to React elements. So if we can like test that those improvements really affect the performance, I will I will merge those. So currently React uh, Reagent doesn't have any like performance testing um, tooling, at least not like directly in, in Reagent repository that would make it like easy to test. I've in I've at some point contributed to this one uh, like JavaScript framework benchmark a test case for Reagent where it's compared to like all like thousand other JavaScript frameworks and it, 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 that one is useful because it shows the difference between vanilla React.js and Reagent and it shows like the overhead of, from using Reagent for this uh, 
very simplistic test cases is something like uh, I think 20 to 30 percent where you are only like uh, rendering a table of 1000 elements so there's no like um, in that case there's no help from uh, any any features of reagent like state management which might improve performance in in real world cases uh, or or asynchronous rendering which might also help in some cases but even in very naive case just rendering simple elements the overhead of reagent is is not like huge it's some tens of persons but not like order of magnitude or anything um it's minimal. Yeah. Usually it doesn't matter in, in real applications. So we have so, plenty of other things also. So uh, one one like thing recently has been to like uh, follow what React.js is doing and uh, thinking about, um, well, they introduced this like hooks recently. Oh, well, like one year ago okay, already, I think. And uh, so... It's it's cool that they now have a way in React.js to manage state. Mm-hmm. And, well, they are useful for several other things also. And, uh, well, it, it looks to me that they are now uh, implementing things that uh, Reagent mostly solved, like, well, Reagent and other closer script tools like OMO solved, like, five or six years ago already. But um, mm-hmm. well, it, it's it's good that they are also now now <laughs> understanding like or trying to implement the same things. And that um, right. so my my um, view is that um, you will probably want to use these React.js features mostly if you are doing interop with uh, other React libraries. But uh, mm-hmm. if you are writing a reagent application, just use the reagent features, Aratoms and stuff. So currently, I don't think we have to make that many changes in reagent to use these uh, new features. And uh, my, my view is that it, it should be possible and it, it is currently possible to use all React.js features from reagent. But some things are harder to access than some other things. Right. Uh, the documentation has, as nowadays, uh, I've created the list of like React features, like portals and uh, React Hydrate for server-side rendering, and yeah. what do we have? React fragments, and I have a ex- React JS example from a React JS uh, guide or something, and then I have a similar example of how to use the feature in Reagent. Um, the hard, hard, hard things are that uh, some of the new React.js features like hooks require you want to use uh, functional components. They don't work at all with uh, lifecycle components like class, React.js class components which like are the original what what React JS used to have like five years ago? They were the only thing before React JS mm-hmm. introduced these uh, poor components without state and functional components. And the problem here is that the React implementation 
depends on this component state to keep track of uh, R atom, uh, dependent R atoms and some other stuff. And uh, that means the uh, who reacts as hooks are particularly hard to use from, from reagent application. You can build good reagent applications, but for some interop cases, this this could be a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing that I've been thinking about how, how we could solve this, but I haven't yet been able to do anything about this. So that's probably one thing I will uh, dive into like after the next uh, 1.9 release to see if I could implement something some some way to create uh, functional components from reagents so one can use hooks from reagent. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Yuho, it's been great to have you on and explore reagent with you with the eyes of the maintainer of the library. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thank you. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.